This episode of Open Mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk. We should all take time out to pamper ourselves. After all, if you feel good, you look good. So why not check out Very's beauty treats? Start a new cleansing resolution, revitalise your hair or hydrate and detox. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. So welcome back to Open Mind, the podcast with me, Frankie Bridge. I'm so excited today to have the lovely Emma Gannon with me. Thank you for having a me. A writer, podcast host, and Sunday Times bestselling business author of the multi-hyphen method. I mean, as someone who's just finished writing a book, I'm like, how do you have the time to do all of this stuff? I feel like most of us are multi-hyphenates more than we think. I mean, okay. you're, you're, you're definitely a classic kind of fingers in pies. I feel like we all make it work, but I don't know. I feel like the job for life, like having that one thing you do forever now is kind of gone. Yeah. And we're all a little bit of a mismatch of all sorts of things. Do you think that comes with like, I don't know, I feel like back in the day, you we had this, like we were saying before we started the podcast, like the woman stays at home and the man goes out and works and then everyone kind of stuck to their job that they had and that was it. Like. Do you find, feel like maybe that's why people's mental health is a bit all over the place now? Or Maybe. I mean, it's like pros and cons because I feel like you can be paralysed by choice in this modern world. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad I'm not dating now because I think I had like the traditional dating sites. Like, do you remember Guardian Soulmates? No, <laughs> I went on like the, the desktop version of a dating site, but I've never been on an app. But it's like we're choosing who to date. We're like swiping on Deliveroo. We're like, what film do we watch on Netflix? What do I want to be? What like, Am I a good mum? Am I a good friend? Am I a good wife? And like that, that is... I think that's an age-old problem. Mm. But then now we're throwing into the mix, I can do multiple things with my job. Um, but it can be amazing. Like, I love that every day is totally different. Um, but I have a positive spin on it, I think, mm. that everything comes with a bit of a, but what about this? So I try to cover that in the book as well. So that's what the book is all about then? The book is basically a celebration of not being one thing. And I feel like women especially are put into boxes very early on in their careers. Um, like you, you're labelled as something and then you try and break out and people are like, no, 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 you're that thing that we, the society told you you are. Um, so I just tried to, it's not just for women, but I just tried to kind of push this movement. Um, if you want to be a part of it, you can, but it's definitely kind of not for everyone. Um, but if you do feel like you're being called a jack of all trades in a negative way by like your uncle or like your cousin, the, the book is basically like you're not you're not weird. You're allowed to be different. You're allowed to have multiple interests. And if you change your mind a lot and you want to do loads of different things with your life, that's cool. Yeah, because I think from such a young age, you are like, you know, when you're choosing your you do GCSEs and then you've got to choose your A-levels and then you've got to decide whether you're going to go to work or whether you what you want to do at uni. And I think at the time you feel like you're quite grown up. But when you do get older and you look back, you're like, that is so young to kind of decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, do you do you ever think it's weird that we ask kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And they're like staring at you like three years old, like. Uh, a vet. <laughs> yeah, like my kids don't even know what I do. I mean, I don't even know what I do most days. But like, it's like, oh, I, I sometimes we say to them, oh, what does mummy and daddy do? And they just go, work. 
Like they don't know yeah, and what it's so that harsh is. Harsh to like put that on them so young. Like yeah. I always think homework sounds intense. Oh mate, I hate homework. And it's like you have the rest of your life to do homework. Like we literally, as adults, do homework twenty four seven. So mm. being a, surely being a kid is not about. Well, my kids are four and six, and they have homework, <laughs> and it's something that I really battle with because I'm like. I don't feel like they should be doing it. But then if you don't do it with them, then they're the ones that are behind. And then that yeah. kind of falls on you. So you you end up in this like vicious circle of like trying to keep up, yeah. but also not really agreeing with it. Also, it's so weird. That is weird because it's like you're the authority, but then the school is as well. So that must be a weird one. Yeah. And I'm still scared of like the teachers and the headmaster. <laughs> I would be. I'm such a child. That would really trigger me. I'd be like, I'm in trouble again. Yeah. But um, but it is funny because at university um, in the UK, like we are pretty much told to pick one thing to study. Mm. And I know not everyone goes to uni, but you still like train in one thing. It's still kind of pushed upon us. And I think sometimes you leave education and you, you're in the big wide world and then you realise it's not as simple as that. And actually, mm. you've kind of almost been like pushed to the edge of a cliff. And they're like, bye, go and work it out for yourself now. Did so, you go to uni? I did, yeah. And what did you do at uni? I mean, I d I'm the classic, like, I did English. Right. Because it's just... Generic. So generic. And I, also, I get in trouble sometimes for saying this. Um, but I don't know if I, if I had my time again in life, I don't think I would have gone to uni at all no was it like something that your family did was it like oh this is what we do yeah and also I guess it's like quite a privileged thing that mm -hmm. that was normal for like people at my school which I know is not the case for a lot of people it was just the thing you do um I don't know maybe I did get more of it more out of it than I think but I just look at those three years and like I got very drunk <laughs> I made some awful decisions in like dating life um and I, I just didn't, I don't remember like much of it. <laughs> but then don't you think like that's the quite nice thing about it though? You kind of prolonged your childhood as such. Like my dad, in, in my family, uni wasn't really that much of a thing, but my he really wanted me and my sister to go. Obviously I ended up taking a completely different path. Um, but his thing was more just like, just enjoy yourself for as long as possible because you're going to have to work for like the rest of your life. Yeah. So just go and prolong that process and give yourself longer to decide what you want that's actually a really good point and, yeah. and actually yeah, I totally think that because now as well I feel like you could if you wanted to like launch a YouTube channel or yeah. start a business on Instagram or like at a really young age like I have a nephew who's um he's 12 now and he's kind of he could I don't know like I feel like he could get a job now in like gaming or something really <laughs> so I think it might be getting younger and younger so actually yes prolonging it um is a good idea I think do you think that's down to social media then that there's more things accessible to younger people and more people yeah I mean I feel quite alienated now from like young people <laughs> how old are you I'm 30 but I feel like I'm now like I've gone I know that's not old no, I think we're probably the same age and I'm exactly the same I walked past Urban Outfitters with my mum on Monday and I was like I've reached that age where I walk past a shop and go oh I'm a bit old for there now <laughs> and like there's still stuff in there that I like but I just feel this feeling that that's not for me oh my god I had that exact same thing um <laughs> Oh, I know what it was and I am too old for it. I went into Forever 21. Oh, and I was like, been there. I was like, it says it in the title. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should have known. I need to get out and not wear this crop top. <laughs> no, no, wear, wear what you want. But um, yeah, it's funny. I think that um, 
I don't know. I, I had a whole thing where like my career was like being the young one that knew about technology. Like my first book, Control Alt Delete, was um about growing up on the internet and like being a young woman. And I wrote it when I was twenty five. And so I'm now, I guess, coming to terms with the fact that I'm not like the youngest person in the room anymore. Mm. And I don't know the latest, coolest things. But there's actually something quite freeing about that as well. Yeah, I suppose we don't have to keep up as much anymore. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I I had that a bit because I had kids really young and I've always been like, all my friends are older than me where I live and whatever and all the mums at the school. And then now I've made friends with this other mum who's younger than me and I'm like, hang on a minute, this is not how this works. I am the young mum. I'm the one that they all go, oh, you wouldn't know because you're not in your 40s. You're too young. I'm like, and now she's like two years younger than me. I'm like, no, this isn't, I'm not actually that young anymore. This is really unfair. It is funny how much we think about age because mm. it is kind of totally irrelevant in a lot of in a lot of cases but um but yeah I don't know I, I feel like entering a new decade is um is really exciting how did you feel when you turned 30 so good really I felt like I was leaving a lot of skeletons just in like not in the closet but just like behind me and I felt like it was a fresh start and I also felt like I was finally going to take myself seriously and not have imposter syndrome because all through my 20s I would get these really cool opportunities and I'd always just feel like what am I doing here I'm just a silly 20 something who knows nothing and and that's not really true I feel like I maybe I did know some stuff but now I'm like I'm 30 you can't tell me off like when I get trolled now I'm like excuse me I'm 30 (laughs) (laughs) that makes it just like not just a bit like I don't know I feel a bit more in control and a bit more of a grown-up I think what do you get trolled for no, I, I, I don't know. The odd, the odd passive-aggressive mm. comments, you know. Like, mm. before I would take it to heart, and now I'm like, don't mess with me. I'm 30. Well, I think I need some of that. I think I have had that little bit. I kind of felt that pressure of everyone going, oh, 30s were, like, the best years of my life, and you just, like, you know yourself so well at the age of 30, and you just, like, become who you are. And I was a bit like... Ooh, like the week before my 30th, I was like, surely I would be feeling like a sense of that by now. Like it's not just going to happen on the 14th of Jan. I'm going to go, I know who I am and this is who I am and the world have got to love me or hate me and I don't care. Um, and that ha- it has happened a bit more as time has gone on, which now even makes me feel older to say that to people like, oh yeah, I mean, you're 30, you just know who you are and... But, I, don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it will go downhill, and I'm just I'm just having that like birthday excitement of just how being long have you age. been thirty? Um, about five months. Okay. Um, but I I also have a theory that it's because I'm a bit more tired in general, and I know that I I mean disclaimer I don't have any children, so mm. um, I'm probably having more sleep than, um, <laughs> than uh, people listening right now. Um, but I. I feel like in my 20s, I would go over and over and over and over things in my head, like to the point where I'd make myself really sick with mm. like self-hatred. I'd be like, I'm terrible. Um, I would just make myself, I'd beat myself up more. And now I feel like, I might maybe because I'm busier, but I don't have time to spiral into that amount of hatred anymore or self-doubt. And have you always been like that? Or was that just in your 20s? I don't know. I feel like, I, I hope as I get older, it t- completely vanishes because it's like and it must be when you have even more added to the plate do you have the time anymore to go and kind of wallow maybe not Mm. I don't know I used to really be good at it I'd be like I'm gonna sit here and like wallow about something for days and days and days and now I'm just like pick myself up a bit more I think and was you like that when you were younger as a kid or were you quite positive oh my god I was such a sensitive kid like to the point where I think my family were quite 
I mean, they weren't mean, but they they would kind of wind me up, and they'd know that it was like I was really sensitive, um, and I would have an opinion on everything, and I'd go right. upstairs and cry because someone didn't take me seriously, like that sort of like the emotions were there. But maybe <laughs> that's being a teenager or or younger. I don't know. Yeah. Well, how many siblings have you got? Um, so I've got a brother and three sisters. And are you the youngest? I'm in the middle. Oh. I'm like the second oldest. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, maybe you felt like you weren't listened to and you had to, like, make the effort to... Yeah, I don't know. Like... I don't know. Um, but I think it's funny because I was thinking back to when at school I was told off a lot for talking too much and, like, having too many opinions. Mm. And I think we have clues in our childhood of who we're going to be when we're older, which is really sweet. And I don't know if it's true that apparently our personalities do form by the time we're like seven or eight mm. um, on, a, on a smaller scale. It's like that, you know, you are you. And I just find it funny that I was so told off for like talking too much. And now my job is to like do a, do a podcast <laughs> and write a column and have opinions and like be quite mouthy, you know, not not like really controversial, but I do have opinions. And you have never been afraid to voice them, clearly. No. I get, I get, yeah, I get kind of, riled up about things I want to change things and there's so much in the news to like make you want to be a part of the change I mean I, I I'm not definitely not someone that could like go into politics and like truly truly change things um, mm. but I, I just know that I want to add a little bit of, to the pile yeah this episode of open mind is brought to you in association with very.co.uk at Very, you'll find an impressive range of beauty treatments by all your favourite brands, like Hydrogel Cream, Lip Repair Balm and Night Serums by Elizabeth Arden, Cleansing Balms, Exfoliators and Gel Masks by Elemis, and Eye Creams, Detox Kits and Nourishing Scrubs by L'Oreal. It's time to live well, sleep well, eat well and spend well at very.co.uk. And how have you always felt your mental health is? Have you kind of had a good mental health or do you struggle? It's funny. I I kind of cast my mind back for this podcast because I knew we'd be talking about it. Mm. Um, I don't think it's something that I think about too much because I kind of forget, um, you know, like I had like a really anxious childhood. Like I was so anxious. I'm an anxious person, but I'd never really labelled that or sat down and gone yeah you're a really anxious person um but I think the, I think the conversation around mental health that's happening now which is incredible like even like the Prince Harry interview that he did with mm. the Telegraph about his mental health like it's like it's making us all feel like we can finally talk so a part of me was like I don't really want to bring up how I'm feeling because there's people that have it so much worse but then that's kind of the whole point is like that's the whole point of the podcast and my book and everything. It's like it doesn't matter what your situation is. Like it's all relative. We all have mental health and whether you've got this seemingly great life or, or not, we all have a brain. So you, we all have the chance to suffer from some sort of mental health at some point. Totally. And you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Yeah. And reading reading a lot of books on, on it, like Matt Haig's book mm. when he talks about how you are the sky and the depression is the clouds and it moves and it changes and you're constant and the depression isn't. Like even that stuff, I've never had depression, um, mm. but I have friends that do and I have friends that are going through some really tough times with it at the moment. So if I hadn't read all that, I think I would be a worse friend. 
I think I would say the wrong things. So from that respect, it's been great. But it's also made me realise that I have anxious behaviours that really flare up. And I now understand, like when you've got a tickle at the back of your throat and you know you're getting a cold, mm. I can now know when I'm about to go down a very bizarre, anxious hole. And it's that stuff that is amazing to know about yourself. Yeah. And do you know what your triggers are now? Um, yeah, that's like kind of classic overworking, um, feeling out of control. So I have real flight anxiety. Uh-huh. I went to see a hypnotherapist about it. And did it work? Um, it's it's worked, but it but I I feel like I need to go back to her and do another session because like with any therapy, you can't be like thanks, bye, I'm fixed. Mm. Um, but it's definitely definitely helped. So it's it's um it's feeling out of control is my issue. So if I'm in an environment where I feel like I can't get out, I yeah get proper properly anxious. Do you like rides? No, I hate rides. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> hate rides. Um, hate lifts. Yeah. See, I've had all of those things. Like, always hated flying, hated rides, lifts. I, I've got better with all of them, but I still feel like it's that. It, I, I definitely think it comes down to a control thing, 100%. Because you're, you're having to put your faith in not only other humans, but I'm also, like, computers. Because most of them are, like, you know, they... That like on rides and lifts and airplanes, yeah. you know, if that breaks, then okay. So what's the backup? Yes, exactly. And I guess that you, um, you know, put this down in amazing words in your book about what anxiety is, and it is like the fear of of like the future, which might not ever happen. Yeah. And like when you realise, and your book seriously has been really helpful for me Thank because you. it's given me like the language to understand what it is instead of just blurting it out. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So um. Yeah, and also like silly things like, um, and my boyfriend gets really annoyed with me when I I have to know if we're going out exactly like what time we'll leave and how we'll get home. How you'll get home? And why is that? Because it's the same weird thing as the flying. Like I need to know where, like I need to know that we're not trapped there. Right. Okay. Even though it's like a friend's party, which is so mean because I'm gonna I will have a great time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I just need to know, like, what's our plan for like when we go. Really? Yeah. Which is, again... Not control. when you're going to go, though. Just well, how you're going to go. Yeah, no. I, 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 now I don't need to know exact times. <laughs> um, but it would be... It would just... No, I'd need to know um, just ahead of time. Same with, like, any holiday planning. Like, I, I've, you know those people that, like, have a plastic folder with all their, like, documents <laughs> in? When yeah. you look at them and you're like, you're such a square. <laughs> like, now I'm that person. I just need to know, like, what's going on. Yeah, see, I find holidays quite... They they make me quite anxious. It's that unknown thing, like, if I could go to the same place every time, I know it would be boring for some people, and I don't do that, but that would almost be better for me because I hate that anxiety. Like, I hate being the one that books a holiday because then I feel that pressure of what if we get there and, like, the hol- the hotel doesn't exist or the hotel is there, but it's nothing like the pictures and it's awful and everyone has this really bad time. Like, it's that unknown and not having that control over it that it, for most people holiday is like really exciting but the build up to it for me is like horrendous yeah it, it but but it's a funny one because I used to be that girl that would like put a pair of pants and a tote bag and off you go mm. and I, I kind of miss that person and I wonder if we get worse as we get older I don't know like why why are really old people like such warriors because I think you know too much like from having children I've realized like not in a 
funny way, but they don't know anything. They they haven't seen the news. They don't know that there's terrorism. They don't know that there's these awful people in the world. They don't know about plane crashes or whatever. Like they know the odd thing, but they don't know all that awful stuff. They haven't seen it or heard about it. So yeah, they're that's... not going to think about it. Whereas as you get older, like also I think when you're like in your 80s and 90s, you've probably lost half of your mates or whatever. Like you know... But I want to be an 80-year-old in, like, a faux fur coat smoking, like, a pack of cigarettes. Well, you can be that one. (laughs) Because I'm like, well, I don't smoke, but Mm. if I was 80 and I was like, what have I got left? I would, like, as in with, like, my family and friends, I'd be like, I'm just going to drink and smoke. (laughs) Well, no one is stopping you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you there. Anyone that wants to join me. Yeah, a little bit dot cotton, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I'm always like, I want to be that really like angry, moany old person. You know, like it's like you're allowed to say whatever you want, and they can be so offensive. Like I've walked past my nan before, bless her, um, and she'd be like, "Oh, your ass has got big," and it's like they're the only people that can get away with that. Because if you said that to me, I'd be like, "Are you joking me? <laughs> like that's so mean." But when you're old, it's like, oh. Yeah, right. yeah, no, it has none. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Like, the old people <laughs> rights. You literally could get away with anything. Yeah. yeah. And why not? Because you've got that far and you've done all the things that all the other people are still... Like, I reckon they sit back a bit and they're like, look at you, thinking all this stuff is important. Yeah. Wait till you're this age and... Yeah, it's true. Because we really care in the moment, don't we, about things. And yeah. you look back and you're like, that wasn't even a big deal. But... Yeah, I don't know. But then that's another part of my fears. It's I'm like, I don't want to be old and look back and go, what was I doing worrying about everything all the time? I should have just enjoyed it. And I mean, that's the whole existential thing, isn't it? And and I know that you mentioned that this. Sorry, I'm talking about your book so much. But it's like <laughs> in my head, um, you talk about this in there. And I was like, I'm not alone. Yay. Is like how the thing that underpins all of this conversation is that we're all just scared of dying. <laughs> And it's like, it's so true. And, and also this theory that I read about the other day, which is like, you know, FOMO when yeah. you, you're like, oh, they're out and I'm not. Basically, the biggest FOMO of all is when when you die, because then yeah, you're, then you're really then you're really not here to experience it. So apparently, like, I think all of these things. I mean, I bet someone's listening now who's actually a therapist going, well done, Einstein. Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um so yeah so you know it is we're all we're all scared of that and that's okay I am envious though of the people that uh, like that are religious and they believe in whatever they believe in afterlife heaven whatever and I'm always like I wish I had that because I think it would soften the blow a bit I agree but this is why astrology is on the rise especially in like millennials is we're all obsessed with crystals and well, I'm being gen- general, obviously, some people that might not be, but the the apps where you can like ask the universe and the stars to tell you what's happening. And I mean, I know I'm saying it in a slightly mocking voice, but I genuinely believe a lot of that stuff. Do you? I yeah, see. I've, I've not become, got into that. I've become quite spiritual in my old age. Um, no, it's it's just it's like we don't have necessarily like religion anymore. We don't really have community anymore. Mm. You're lucky if you live on a street and know your neighbours. That's amazing. But it, especially in a city like London, we're, we're all pretty lonely. 
people kind of um, not really seeing the same person on the way to work and that sort of thing. I do often think that about London because sometimes, or like a big city, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish we lived more central because my commute to and from work wouldn't be so long and I'd have more time at home with the kids. But I also think I would be really lonely because everyone, I don't feel like anyone really knows anyone. Everyone's just getting on with their life. Yeah, it's pretty solitary. But you, I mean... I, for example, where I live in East London, like I've I've really made a point of um, I go to the post office a lot and I like know them by name. I go and get the same coffee from the same lovely woman. Like I feel you have to kind of make these small actions to make you feel like you're part of something. Um, I actually interviewed someone recently about um, a book she wrote about being an introvert and like, you know, keeping yourself to yourself a lot. And she said that we are happier. Basically, if you talk to a stranger on the way to work even if it's like I like your shoes your happiness levels will go up for that whole day hmm. like that's it's true though so important to to have you know I think we're in a culture of like I don't need anyone I'm a boss hmm. woman making my way in the world I'm an independent and it's like yes I am I am behind some of that uh, narrative but I also think we need other people but also not to put a massive Debbie Downer on that but like when you are on your deathbed no one cares if you're like a big boss on your own like you'll just be like I want people around me like who have I got yes. like you're not gonna is... be like look at my LinkedIn yeah <laughs> yeah look how many followers I've got I've got like millions and yeah I just sometimes that's my fear is like yeah I want to be all those things but I do think you need a bit of light and shade a bit of both and yeah absolutely I think I um when we we went to America um for a few months back in the Saturdays and when we first got there I really enjoyed that people say hello to you when you're walking down the street or when you're in an elevator and people start chatting and stuff like that and I was like this is so nice like everyone's really friendly and you walk into a shop and they ask you if they want help and then like the Brit in me took over after like a month and I was like you can't be that happy and friendly all the time like what is wrong with you I'd get in a lift I don't want to have a conversation with you I don't know who you are just leave me alone and I was like I'm not really sure like which one is right or wrong like I think you need a bit of both yeah, because sometimes, you know, when you're like maybe having a long taxi journey and you're just not in the mood to talk, maybe oh, yeah. you're like thinking about something sad that just happened or, you know, I think it's okay to not want to talk. But I had that in America recently. Someone mm. came up to me. I had a map. I don't know why I had a paper map. It's very retro. <laughs> but I had a map out and this woman came up like behind me and I, and I was literally like, oh, I'm going to be mugged. Mm. And she was like, can I help you? Are you lost? And I was like, why would you want to help me? You're going to kill me. Imagine being <laughs> on Oxford Circus and someone going, can I help you? You lost. Never, would never happen. No. I think there's that thing as well of like being scared to offer things. I live in a block of flats at the moment and no one talks to each other. You know, you just pass people and, and everyone's got their headphones in. Yeah. I think in the future that that will I, I have to move on from that. It's fine I for think now. it's gonna die down though because I always think this everyone always asks me like about my boys and if social media and phones and technology and stuff worries me about them and and it does at the minute but I feel like we're the guinea pigs like for us it's this new big thing but for like the generation after us like the ones who know no different they're kind of it's not a big new thing to them so they're like well this is life this is how it is so it's not this big scary thing and I feel like they're all figuring it out they're gonna realize that you can't say mean things to each other because there are repercussions of that and they are going to get fed up of just being on their phones all the time and I feel like they're going to come out 
It's a bit like binge drinking. Like our era, that was kind of normal and whatever. And now everyone's a bit more health conscious and not as many people like the younger and smoking. And I yeah. just feel like people are get becoming more aware. I agree. And also it's like the same old, same old every time. Like the older generation thinks the younger generation is screwed. Yeah. And like they work it out because they kind of have to. The only thing I do worry about if, if I, like from more of a sort of um, like the online legacy thing of like, you know, what, what people are doing is I, I think I had a MySpace page that I deleted and I had a few other things that I deleted from when I was younger mm. online that I don't, I didn't really want like floating around. The only thing I worry about is like if you're 12 years old and you're just like posting loads of stuff on the internet, how hard is it going to be to like delete those remove that yeah um but i actually think they're more switched on than we are like they're probably but that's bit, what i'm saying and I also like don't they delete learn. their posts like it's a new thing really um like younger kids oh, i sound so i like young people <laughs> the youth of today on instagram i think they they don't have many pictures on their grid they delete them as they go really and snapchat obviously things disappear i think they're living in more of a kind of non-permanent state online like my nephews all create instagram accounts and then delete them and it's all very much like they're, they're kind of experimenting. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like creating an online profile, like for example, having a Google page, you know, your Google search, mm. like if you search your own name on Google, that actually is really important in life. I think not to have anything weird on there. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like we should be teaching young people just like, by the way, your online presence kind of is slightly important because it's, it's like a representation of who you are. So just make sure, you know, you, you're careful of what you post. Mm. And do you think that will like improve? Because I feel like mental health, I can't always tell whether more people suffer with, suffer with mental health issues because of what is expected of everyone and because of everyone's online presence and stuff. Or if it's just that more people are talking about it so we know more about it so it seems like loads of people have it do you know what I mean yes I totally know what you mean because I I I don't know obviously but sometimes I think actually people have always had this always and and for so long they've had to suffer in silence and um you know people have have had bipolar for centuries you know it's like a human very human thing and just for so long it just wasn't spoken about Mm. Like many things that we are, you know, we, people have had to suppress all sorts of things like their their sexual orientation or their religion or like for so long, people just were so scared. And, and we're, we're, you know, we're in a good time when, when it comes to that. I think that we, we can be who we want to be. Well, not all over the world yet, unfortunately, but mm. in the Western world. What would your advice be then to maybe the younger generation or our own generation of like having a healthy kind of like work life and social media life balance I think if your social media enhances your real life and and it is all real life I don't want to say that one isn't one you know it like you say it all has um ramifications in the real world but I mean like offline so for example say you do have like followers whatever you, you know does that lead you to to meet more people offline or do you enjoy your life with the opportunities it brings you it's almost like just make sure you're living and don't spend too much time on there. But I do think it's amazing for like the connections that I made. I've made so many friends, but but it's all enhanced my life, if you know what I mean. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I just I feel like so lucky that I grew up without it. 
Yeah, me too. But it's but it's like it's almost like that question of uh, some people ask me sometimes. They're like, you know, what 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 should I do now if I want to be a writer? And I'm like, well, kind of don't know what to say because I I was in that blogging generation of like 2008, 2009, where like that was a thing. But but it would be very weird for me to go start a blog. Yeah. Um. So you you kind of can only use what you know and and just sort of like follow along really. Hmm. I suppose it's a bit like me as a singer. It's like when I started out, it was completely different to now. So I actually wouldn't know now what the right route is. Like, do people still get noticed on YouTube? I don't know. Or do you have to go on X Factor? I have no idea. Exactly. I guess we're all just figuring it out as we go along. We really are. And I think what's brilliant is creating the space like you have with this podcast um, just for conversation because it's like so ongoing, isn't it? And we're always learning. And actually just something someone can say one day could spark could spark something um and and inspire and encourage so i just think we just keep on being honest and open that's good oh thank you thanks for coming on oh, i'm so happy you. i've had you on um thank it's been you. really nice you're kind of like a an older wise soul than your age and it's oh, nice oh thank you that's, that's a really lovely thing to say i do dress granny chic as well oh we've come matching today <laughs> oh yeah we have black and white stripes so <laughs> if you're granny i'm a granny <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thanks This episode of Open Mind, the podcast, was sponsored by very.co.uk.